This is She Sparks Tech, a podcast about women who take technology to heart in their careers. We will explore stories about women who think creatively, find new directions, solve problems, and chase passions, all through technology. I'm your host, Casey Bertelsman, and I am excited about showcasing amazing women and their careers, covering both expected and unexpected directions to expand our idea of tech careers, and in hopes of inspiring each of us to think a little bit bigger. Hi, Anna. It's so great to have you here with me today. I would love if you could introduce yourself a little bit. Hello, uh, my name is Anna, and I'm a career coach for Career Changers. So that means anyone from any other profession than the tech space or within the tech space moving into a new role in tech. So I've worked with, you know, customer support reps moving into engineering, nurses moving into engineering as well, operations managers moving into customer success. I've worked with basically a lot of different people from different walks of life, and I help them gain more flexibility and make more money by having a job in tech. Yes, I tech is definitely one of those spaces where if you are in a underpaid industry, tech tends to be an option to explore something different for your lifestyle or intentions that way. Yeah, and flexibility is huge because a lot of people that are in nursing and teaching still, that just isn't part of the profession. And they've been in the profession for a number of years and they've kind of hit a ceiling or they realize they don't really like it anymore. Um, or they never did. But in any case, they want the flexibility to travel, the better salaries, and just the better balance of like how to build a life that's not like all about you like being in a physical location at a specific point in time. Yes, without a doubt. The, the power of remote work that we've seen come into play over the past few years is definitely a, a strong pull in tech for the companies that are not you know, trying to get everyone back in the office. (laughs) And there's many that aren't, right? So that's still a big uh, amount of jobs out there like that. And my background personally is in tech. So a lot of times you'll find career coaches that can kind of support you in some of the like mindset or like super high level strategy of maybe career exploration. And then I focus exclusively on job search with some career exploration if the person is not settled on a role. But what I offer is basically like my personal experience. I've been through seven job searches. I've changed roles within tech. I've seen people come from other industries into tech. Like my boyfriend went through a boot camp. I was there every day and saw what he went through. I worked with a lot of boot camp grads as well. And then I've worked with, you know, non-technical with people that are moving into non-technical roles from, you know, operations management, brewery salesmen, like uh, reps working in like restaurants, like service industry, wherever you are, you can move into either a technical or non-technical role. And my personal background allows them to have that information of what does the market even look like? Because that's the first question everyone comes in with, like, where do I start? what role could be fit. 
Yes. And I think it's very true because a lot of us, even if your background is in tech, you may only see one small section of it. And until you really have three, five, seven years of experience, you don't understand what all of these other roles are or that they exist. And I know like personally, the area that I was educated in, I went to school for engineering. I worked specifically in the architecture and construction sector. And so I did not even realize that like product management was an aspect. I'm like, I know coding. I know like people make apps and websites and it's code. I never had to go through coding classes. And so like learning more about product management and all of the pieces there that are not explicitly coding, but all of the management and the marketing and all of those pieces, like I've learned so much about that, even though I don't work specifically in that, but you start to explore and you learn all the pieces. You're like, oh my gosh, there's so much more out there. Even when you've spent years in tech, it's amazing. Exactly. There's a lot of specialty roles. Like in health tech, you have comp- you have people that are focused on working with doctors and nurses. In fi- financial tech, you could be a tax analyst and work in a fintech company and make like a lot of money and work remote and have the same lifestyle. But it's finance, right? You don't have to work only at a bank. A lot of like people with like backgrounds in service can transition into non-technical backgrounds just by learning how to talk about their work and knowing what companies to target. But again, where do you start, right? Like (laughs) how do you even use LinkedIn? Some people are not familiar with that. So my background in tech is in product management. So that took me years to figure out and learn and transition to. That was mainly because it was like five, seven years back. Um, Now there's a billion resources for that. And even so, roles are very um, unclear of what do you actually do if you've never been in that role. So yeah, I basically like walk people through wherever they're whatever they're at like I walk them through like what they need to learn and what's important is something that isn't talked about as much is the mindset and like the confidence piece so I can talk all day about strategies and tactics but if I'm working with someone and I tell them to go like apply to a bunch of jobs and go to contact new people and stuff like that a lot of people feel scared to do that so what I'm starting to see is it's really important to feel really confident about this new role, this new profession that you're moving into so that you can literally do all the strategic and tactical work that's involved. So like the job search isn't the actual work of the job search is not hard, but what's hard is believing that you are this new professional person. So I work with clients to really help them figure that out and feel really strongly grounded in their new identity. Yeah, going through the process to ditch doubts and, you know, have a strategy for yourself to go in and really maximizing, you know, those first 90 days and you come up with wins and you're able to accurately share any of that in job interviews. So it's not like, yes, I check all the boxes, but 
X, Y, Z is why I'm an even better candidate. And then I'm going to show up and do that and being able to actually appear that way in those interviews and through that process is so important. Yeah. And the thing is, once you're grounded in your confidence, you'll have no problem like contacting 15 new people a week, 100 new people. You'll have no problem applying to like 100 jobs a week. So that is part of it. But the other very important part is the strategic part. So I mentioned before, like finding what companies to apply for. That is just as important as the actual tactics of applying and networking. And a lot of people don't know where to start. So basically by working with me and being in my program, they get the expertise of, okay, what are your interests? Actually, here's all the industries that you could focus on. Why don't you maybe start with one and maybe find 10 companies there? Okay, great, you have a target. So we're going from, oh, I'll work anywhere to I have a target and I'm going to see what works for this process with this target in the domain, for example. So if you're a teacher at tech, right, very relatable. If you're in nursing or medicine, like medical or health tech, a lot of people are moving into roles that are actually adjacent to their domains because it's just a easier hiring process for both sides of the parties where you do have some domain expertise. So all of that (laughs) works together. Yes, I would also say, you know, ideally you went into teaching or you went into nursing or whatever it was because you had some kind of interest in it. It may not be that you love nursing, but you love, for whatever reason, assisting people through their healthcare journey and being able to take that passion and apply it in a different way, but you still get to keep that initial interest aligns with those tech sectors also. Exactly. It's about broadening your vision of how you can show up in your, like, how you make an impact, um, basically, and in what domains you make an impact. So that's another conversation around, like, how do we create impacts? (laughs) And knowing that there are so many different ways to do that in tech, it allows people to feel like they can grow as a professional and as a person, a human, and not only like through their skills, but also through their income. They can take on managerial positions. They can switch to adjacent roles. It's just a better long-term career that isn't as like taxing on the physical body. Um, And then you can use your free time to do whatever else you want outside instead of, you know, being on your feet, for example, for 10 hours. Yes. And I would say especially, I mean, we're talking a lot here about nursing and education, but I think both of them have very demanding hours. You know, you work shift work as a nurse or teachers, you know, oh, everyone says it's eight to three. It's not eight to three. It's probably eight to five plus whatever prep and grading you're doing after the fact. And so it's a lot of time and mental energy put into that kind of work. Mm hmm. Exactly. And people are tired of that. And the tech market is always going to exist as long as we have the internet. So as long as modern society exists, I say, go into tech. (laughs) If you want to build wealth and create a lifestyle where you can experience more instead of less over time. 
And I guess so, you know, you've said your background is in product management. Um, and at the time, you know, there were not a lot of resources for it when you entered that field. So I guess, how did you learn about project product management and make the decision to start your career there or start your part of the career in that sector? Sure. So my story about getting into tech is that it was pretty random. So my parents run a dental practice. My dad's a dentist. And about like 15 years ago, he started, you know, he would get calls for people offering him to build a website. And he's like, why don't you build one for me? I'd rather pay you. I'm sure you can do it. And at that point, WordPress was really popular, which is um, CMS. It's just like Squarespace or Webflow or something like that. And I built a website on WordPress and it was perfectly fine. And he's like, great, I knew you could do it. And okay, I had no experience in software engineering, like doing anything online other than like email and like writing research papers for college, right? I was like a year out of college. I thought, okay, well, anyone can figure out a CMS. Why don't I like continue doing this thing? And then I connected with someone who did a lot of these WordPress website projects for businesses, small businesses. So I essentially started with a family request and that turned into a connection who I worked with for two years. And that was my first work experience, basically doing freelance work. And that gave me enough confidence and knowledge that I went in and started looking for work at advertising agencies, doing project management for larger websites, larger businesses. That was fine, but I quickly found out that project management is fairly limiting, especially in the advertising space. And I started reading about product management around 2013, 2014. And even though that time product was getting to be get more known. It was still very early on for, you know, a a role. It was like a, a new role essentially for almost every company out there. And it was supposedly more technical and things like that. Now it's way bigger than that and more people know about it and there's tons of resources. So what I did was I interviewed every person that I could through LinkedIn, through real life meetings, conferences, friends of friends, anyone that I could get on a conversation with me. But that in itself didn't really move me forward because no one could tell me what product management really was. Because it's hard to talk about the thing that you do every day, which is why a career coach (laughs) helps you figure out how you talk about yourself. I didn't even know that there were career coaches There were no programs of getting into product. There's like just very, very few resources. So I did a course in General Assembly, which was like a product management course. But again, it was so introductory. It was almost pointless for my own purposes of actually getting a job because I worked in the digital space creating websites. Like I knew how software development worked. I didn't need like a refresher on that. So then I was like, I'm not really sure where next to turn in terms of education or networking. So I sort of like focused on like my next role in project management because I like moved from Boston back to New York. 
um, from New York originally. And what happened a year after I was in New York is I met someone who was a neighbor. And this neighbor worked at a startup. And the startup was so understaffed that they were having the CTO run every single technical thing in the company, like everything. They still do this because that is the kind of startup it is, not recommended. However, I had an in because I became friends with this person and he recommended me to do a project for them. And I met with the CEO, CTO and we uh, connected well, we communicated well, and I thought like this would be great to work together. And we did a trial project where I helped them set up the agile process of like weekly check-ins and sprints. And then I said, well, why don't I help you rework some products? You have no one on staff to do user research, uh, UX, technical requirements, um, business analysis, like nothing. So he said, okay, they were considering bringing someone on at that time. And I basically showed up around that time. So it was just very natural for me to take that role. And then the next year, I reworked their main product and created entirely new two internal products, which increased their productivity like hundreds of percent, especially understaffed. So basically that was my first entryway into product and that showed me that I in fact could do all the things I knew I could do and I just wasn't selling myself in the right way. But once I understood how to frame my experience, how to talk about my work and actually have work experience going through the work, I was able to, you know, move into another product role as well. So I didn't kind of build a long career in product. A lot of people are maybe like five years or less in product because it is still a newer field. But what I showed myself is that you could transition into a new role. All, all you have to do as if it's like you just wake up one day. What you have to figure out is the process of rebranding yourself. But again, there's no like big company that's like marketing the process of rebranding yourself. So you go on LinkedIn, you're like career coaches, job search, rebrand, professional support, whatever. People don't really know where to look for this information. So what I'm offering today, basically I created this program, the 12 week career launch. It's the version of career support that I was looking for and didn't know existed and would have like paid everything I could to go into this because it actually helps you get a job. It's not training for specific technical skills. It's the training to get an actual job that will make you money. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's pretty great because that's the intention of the program. A lot of technical training programs, they're important if you want to go into a technical job in tech, but they won't help you actually like land the job. And they, there are support systems that exist within those programs, but they don't work for everyone. And, and you know, every individual has unique uh, strengths and unique process that they're working through and different life situations. So anyways, what I created was something that I didn't ever know existed and I always wanted 
to have for myself. And it, I mean, it sounds like it's a way to also, you know, reflect at your background and the skills you have. So even if you don't have, you know, that traditional tech background, it doesn't mean you're tech illiterate. You do in almost every job that you have, there are some jobs where it's less, but almost everything uses some kind of software, some kind of application, some kind of process. So how do we take that and communicate it in a way that shows that you are qualified for this new job and you can take those skills and obviously be confident starting in that kind of role? Yeah, and that's essentially what I work with on people, with people on to help them rebrand their professional profile and to basically look at themselves as like a mini business and know that like what they're bringing is making companies like millions of dollars. So they better ask for the what they're worth because like there's a lot of people that will also take advantage of very talented people. And I've been in that situation myself many times and I really have learned to go beyond that and not attract that and not like be okay with that. So I help clients figure out how to really identify their strengths professionally, identify their personal interests, professional interests, values, and combine all that into a strategy. So what they end up with is a job search that is custom to them and makes sense for who they are, what they're bringing to the table, and how much they're worth like financially in the market as well. Yeah. So that you aren't just saying, you know, oh, I made $40,000 teaching. I just need to replace my income and that's all I want. But, you know, then you start work and someone's making twice as much as you because you undersold yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know what the salary ranges are. In fact, one of the most important educational pieces and like, you know, showcasing the program and what I offer and what people get in the program is basically learning about the salary ranges um, and understanding what this, you know, tech bubble is about in terms of salary and the starting rates there. And it's like a lot of times bigger than most people in most states in the U.S. But that's how it is. That's how it's built right now. Yeah, it's, you know, it looks like a lot of money, but it's because, you know, after you have gone through initial training period, you are providing a large return for these companies. Um, So you need to be taking your share. That's why there was a lot of layoffs because, well, companies that only cared about numbers or are public and have shareholders and stuff, like, they look at these numbers that say like, how much money are we making for each employee? And if they have, you know, overhired, which a lot of companies did, they are now making like a little bit less, right? For each employee, because like they have to spread their income further. So people don't get hired for fun. Like a company is not like a fun thing someone does in their free time. Like there's financial repercussions you know, there's economy, there's like the market. So like, because we live in a society that has this financial structure, take advantage of it. Why not? Definitely. Um, And so I guess, you know, you, when you started your 
um, career coaching and your coaching program. I know you have like a couple of different areas that you're focusing on there. What inspired you to start those? Yeah, so a lot of what I do now is based on my personal experiences and and like that's given me proof that like what I'm showing people today is like, it works, it's guaranteed. It's not magic, it's basically a sales pipeline. (laughs) So if you've been in sales, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And um, right, so I'm inspired by building wealth for myself and my family uh, for now and the future. I'm inspired by creating opportunity for others to build the life that they want. And there's a million ways you can do that. And in my own experience and by hearing so many other people tell me as well, moving into tech is one of the easiest and fastest ways you could build wealth. Yes, without a doubt. It's it's changing so quickly. There are so many opportunities constantly, you know, like product is one that was not a thing 10 years ago. And now it's growing at, you know, a pace that's almost impossible to keep up with. So the tech industry is very entrepreneurial because that's how it always was and has to be. So it's essentially the entrepreneurship is the foundation, right? And because it's entrepreneurial, we always have new companies, um, new investments, And it's not about just like, oh, what's new? Why I'm mentioning it, this is because there's an evolution of roles and impact and what you can be doing. And there's very little stagnation if you take action. There's less stagnation in the industry overall in terms of career growth than like other industries, which are very traditional and make sense. Like, okay, so you're gonna be a nurse and then you're just going to like keep doing what you do, right? Unless you want to go into management or manage like operations or something from a nursing perspective. Like a lot of roles out there are super important and I hope they continue to exist because, you know, medicine, teaching, like foundations of society. On top of that, we have tech (laughs) and there's a need for both. And I I think we'll start to see them weave together more too. You know, we start, especially in 2020, we saw how education went digital because it had to. And, you know, I don't know that it should be completely digital, but starting to have those resources more using instructional design as a part of your curriculum so that teachers aren't having to put all of that effort in constantly or, you know, things that auto grade, pieces that just make it easier and less time consuming. Yeah. And I feel as tech, it allows other industries to scale, the people portion will get better because if you have for example, uh, an analysis that you can look at with real data of how your students are doing, you can actually help the people that need help and you know where you can focus your time. I mean, if you don't have that analysis, you probably have a feeling which is important too. So the qualitative and quantitative work together, but you definitely have um, ability to make decisions quicker and with more impact 
if you have tech-enabled support for whatever job you're doing. I mean, medicine is obviously relies on tech heavily at this point in time too. So basically, the better tech can scale the other industries, the more time people can spend actually like doing the people portion of their work, which is really the most impactful one of like really being there for someone in whatever way that is. Definitely. And so I guess if we were to, you know, start wrapping up this conversation, what kind of advice do you have for someone who is, you know, in that position that you were X number of years ago trying to articulate your skills and find that place where you kind of fit into tech? Yeah. Um, so if I knew what I knew now, what I would start to do is build a network on LinkedIn and within my friends and family as well, but really rely heavily on LinkedIn and mentorship websites in order to start meeting with people to learn about different roles in tech. And I would do that by targeting like mid-sized to large companies that are of a personal interest to your life. So maybe you love music or you love dancing or you, you like, you know, you have three children and you use like multiple like education tech products. Start with some of the things that you know in terms of industry and then find people that look friendly from their photo on LinkedIn and say hello. If you have a role in mind, search for those people in those companies. If you don't have a role in mind, um, anywhere from customer success, account management, software engineering, QA, basically you can contact any person at the company of interest so that you can learn a little bit about each role. And that will give you a lot more context than reading things online, which is nice, um, but isn't as full of context as an actual conversation. So that's for the career exploration part. But the thing is, the career exploration part will funnel into the job search part as well. So the job search is all about connecting with people because people that are searching for jobs forget that it's also people that are hiring them. So if you're complaining or upset because you're sending resumes, no one gets a job because of their resume. First and very important rule, <laughs> what you get a, how you get a job is you create rapport and trust with the team you interviewed with. How do you get an interview? You find people that are in companies that are hiring and you chat with them and then you apply and then you get a referral. Or your resume is so good that like it totally matches what they're looking for and then you chat with someone and you have an interview. Lots of different ways to do that. But start with just talking with people in tech companies to learn more about what their day-to-day is like. Yes, I love that. Um, I think that was, that was a great way to wrap this up. So if anyone's looking to get in touch with you or find you or any of your resources programs, what's the best way to do that? I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Um, and also um, my website has all the information that we talked about today. So my LinkedIn um, can be found 
by searching my name. However, there's a lot of Anna Miller. So what I would advise is to search for job search coach or career coach for career changers. And hopefully that pulls up my profile. Um, and my website is createnewpaths.com. So um, that has information on the program and my background. Awesome. I'll make sure that those both end up in the show notes so that they get the correct Anna Miller. Um, There's a lot. And it's a common name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. This was, I mean, it was a really great conversation. I really, I really enjoyed it. And I think it'll be very helpful for everyone looking to explore. And I mean, 2023 is the year. If you aren't in tech and you want to be in tech, this is the year to make the transition. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I loved having the opportunity to chat with Polina today. We got to really talk, you know, about what it does look like making this transition, how to prepare for it. And, you know, the more I hear these stories, the more accessible I hope it feels to other people listening who are wanting to make this change into tech and if you're looking to do that please review my free resource you can download my transferable skills guide to see how to really identify what those skills are to transition into tech based on the career that you've already had, the skills you already have, how to take that language and make them apply in the tech world. Follow along on social media. If you do not already, you can find me at SheSparksTech on Instagram and reach out. I, I love the community that is being fostered there and I hope you're a part of it. I will see you again in two weeks for another great episode of She Sparks Tech. And in the meantime, rate, review, and subscribe if you are loving the episodes. Cheers. Cheers.